Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Toronto, Canada, talking to our new friend, Scott Wachter. He's a podcast host who loves talking about pop culture and his hometown. Scott shares all the best things to do in Toronto, and Niagara Falls is just a short drive away. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Toronto. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. This episode is brought to you in part by RewardExpert.com. They offer financial insights to make life rewarding. RewardExpert offers three amazing tools that will help you find the best deals based on personalized recommendations, earn more travel rewards or cash back through the shopping portal, and discover how many miles it would take to book your next vacation. Visit wetravelthere.com forward slash reward expert for more details. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Looking forward to talking about Toronto today. Oh, thanks for uh, having me on. What's your connection to Toronto? Have you been there a long time? I moved out here 12 years ago for university and I have not found an excuse to leave yet. (laughs) Not had a compelling reason to leave yet. And so for people that are listening that may not know exactly where Toronto is, it's on the the eastern portion of Canada. Yes. Towards the border of the US and Canada, is that correct? Yeah, well we're right on Lake Ontario, so driving is a little tricky. You got to go around it one way or the other. I remember a few years ago the Buffalo Bills actually had a football game in Toronto. They had some sort of cross-border football game. Yeah, the NFL will do they used to do that a lot more often. They would do promotional games in a bunch of different territories, actually. They did like a whole month in the UK, I, if I remember. But no, Buffalo would usually get hosted here against uh, usually another Northeast team. And so you haven't found a reason to leave. Like, what do you love most about the city? Canada is a very quietly passive aggressive place. And <laughs> so, as much as we're polite, we're also not really welcoming. And okay. that gets really pronounced because I've lived in a bunch of other places around Canada. And I had spent like six years as the new guy. If you can imagine Uh, six years as being, you know, out. And Toronto finds a way to welcome you in an afternoon because you just pay too much rent. The streetcar ruins your afternoon and a local sports team disappoints you. And it's like, congratulations, you're now a Torontonian. You get to be from here. (laughs) <laughs> and that applies to everyone. So you actually originally from Canada and you just moved from different cities within the, the country. Is that correct? Yeah, I have been bouncing slowly east across Canada my whole life. Where were you from originally? I was born in Banff. Okay. That's where skiing is a, a big thing there. It's definitely a ski town. So I grew up in around there and Lake Louise and Canmore. So using the old 88 Olympic facilities, which okay. are still open and active and, you know, well-maintained, which apparently other people don't do. And that struck me as very weird when I found that out. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about the the passive-aggressive stuff with people from Canada. I know they, like, the big thing is sorry, right? Like everybody's sorry about things. Well, yes, because it, it's the thing you say when you bump into someone because it ends the situation. It's clear that it doesn't matter whose fault it is. We're both sorry and we can both carry on. Yeah, there you go. That's better than you know wanting to throw down and Getting in a fight or pulling out a gun or whatever, some of the stupid things that people do. Oh, yeah. So when you think of Toronto and you think of the people and like the town itself, how would you describe it in like one or two words? I think it's it's in a constant state of anticipation. Everyone is waiting for the next thing, even if that's just 
people walking around super focused on where they need to be next or just the city's attitude of waiting for, you know, the next project to finish, the next infrastructure thing to finish, the next sports season to start. Just the next event is always on our minds. Okay. And when you talk about the anticipation, has the city been growing quite a bit since you've been there? It's definitely up in size and there's always construction going on. Okay. There's a big condo boom and it makes a lot of people grumpy, but it's <laughs> it'll be over soon, we hope. Yeah. Like it's funny, like, as soon as somebody moves there, they want to stop the next person moving there. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. <laughs> like once you're here, you're allowed to be from Toronto, but if you're buying a house here, it's like, "Ooh, don't like you." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when people are coming to Toronto, What's the best time of the year to visit? Obviously, winter is cold because it's Canada. Yeah. But are there certain times of the year that are better than others to visit? I would say spring. Spring's a solid time because it gets miserably humid being on the lake during July and August. So if you angle for late April, early May, most of the rain has stopped and it's pretty manageable with a light jacket everywhere you go. Okay. And then you're going into the lake... Do you go swimming in there? Is it pretty cold? During the summer, no, it's definitely swimmable. There's a couple of really great beaches out. Well, there's a neighborhood called the Beaches. It's it's on the east end. And then okay. if you want to catch the ferry from downtown, you can go out to Center Island, which is beach all around. There's like little bike trails and you can rent bikes. And there's like a tiny little amusement park and one bar, one bar. <laughs> Must be a long line, right? Uh, yeah, it can get bad. <laughs> All right. So talking about attractions, what are some of the, the favorite things to do in, in Toronto? Well, I mean, I think the thing Toronto sells itself on because it's so visually stunning, so you can put it on a poster pretty quickly, is the CN Tower. It's mm -hmm. the largest freestanding man-made structure on this hemisphere for now. It's a big radio broadcasting tower, but it's got an observation deck and a see-through floor and a rotating restaurant. Oh yeah. So a lot of things to do, a lot of places to spend your money. Oh yeah. Plenty of places to spend your money and that's <laughs> right in downtown core. So it's next to the Rogers center and the old railway roundhouse, which has been converted into a brewery and a train museum. <laughs> okay. And an arcade for grownups. Nice. Yeah. We have those in, uh, in the U S they're called Dave and Busters. They tried to make it up here and didn't work. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is run by the big movie theater company. So it's mostly like the old arcade machines from movie theater lobbies repurposed with a liquor license. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the CN Tower is 553.3 meters high. Oh, and so for the people that are listening that are not used to the metric system, a meter is about three feet. Is that correct? Yeah, just a bit under three feet. Okay, so if you do the math, 550 meters, it's about 1,650 feet up in the air. So that's about 165 stories? Yeah. All right. And you mentioned the Rogers Center. Is that where the Maple Leafs play? No, the Rogers Center is where the Jays play. Oh, okay, okay. If you go around the corner and up the block, that's where the Leafs play at Scotiabank or whatever they're calling it this month. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where the Blue Jays play, that's actually an interesting stadium because they actually have a hotel inside the stadium. Yep, fully functioning hotel. Retractable ceiling, whole roof just slides open, indoor-outdoor games. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you go to many games? I used to because you could get Jays tickets for nothing. And now that they're good, the tickets are very expensive. <laughs> when we talk about doing some of the attractions in, in Toronto, are there any tips that you might have as far as ways to skip the line, ways to save some money? 
there's a great way to save money, which is the city, and you can pick this up at most subway stations, has a pass that gives you, you can go to five of six attractions, and the rate on it basically saves you a full ticket price on at least one of them. So you can okay. go to the CN Tower, the ROM, the AGO, sorry, the Royal Ontario Museum, the Art Gallery of Ontario, the Toronto Zoo. Oh, God. Uh, it's okay. We'll put it in the show notes. So, <laughs> okay. So we you talk about the Royal, the museum. Yeah. Is there anything specific about the museum that's special? So the ROM, we'll start with that. That is a history and humanities museum. And it is a classic Gothic building to which a large glass cube has been attached. And the glass cube is full of dinosaurs, which is always cool. There's usually a traveling collection, something with a lot of international renown, either out of London or New York. So you can skip a line in that sense. Okay. And then you mentioned the AGO, which is, what was that again? So the AGO is the art gallery. So that is, it's got a huge library of Canadian artists, particularly. There's a great collection of the Group of Seven, a lot of watercolor landscapes. And that will also have a rotator. Right now, it is about spiders. It is about spiders in art, including Spider-Man. And the AGO will also host talks in their facility, Uh usually like Thursday, Friday nights. So as part of this event, they are bringing in a number of Spider-Man writers and artists, so including local boy Dungood, Chip Zdarsky. Oh, that'll be good. Yeah. So when people come to Toronto, is it a place where they need to rent a car or is there good public transportation? What's the best way to get around? The public transportation has actually done really well in the past couple of years. They finished a big expansion on the north side of the city, and that freed up a bunch of money and resources to expand how they do buses and streetcars. So they're coming a lot more frequently. The organization's a lot better on it. So it, it's definitely, and a day pass is eight bucks. So you can oh, that's super cheap. on and off all day. On weekends, you get like six kids on one day pass with one adult. So if you're, I don't know, traveling with the whole family, that's definitely a perk. Okay. Is there public transportation from the airport to the downtown area? What's the best way to get downtown? So there is actually a direct train line from Pearson Airport straight to Union Station on Front Street with one stop. It's $9. It takes like 20 minutes. It's great. No, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Is there any reason to have a car when you're in Toronto? Or are there things that maybe you want to drive to on the outskirts of town? If you're looking to go head out further, let's say you do come in the summer or even late spring, there's you know Canada's Wonderland, which is a Cedar Fair run amusement park home okay. to the longest, oh uh, God, what is it? It's like one of the tallest roller coasters in the country right now and right on that's out in vaughn which is very far out from the city so you may want to rent for a day and the other thing you can do is if you're spending a lot of time in toronto do another day rental and head out to niagara falls it's a short drive and there's not a great bus option okay about how far would you say to the amusement park and how far to the niagara falls uh, niagara falls is yeah definitely three or four hour drive but out to vaughn it's you hop on the highway maybe only 40 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. If you're going to go out to Niagara Falls, obviously then you just either leave early in the morning, be able to spend most of the day, then drive back. Or there are some nice hotels that actually overlook the oh, Niagara yeah. Falls, which is really cool. Plenty of hotels at the falls. You mentioned there were a few different places to stay when you come to Toronto. You said try not to stay in the, the downtown core. What's the rationale for that? It's just very expensive compared to even just heading a little bit north of Bloor. 
North of what? Bloor Street is sort of the line between downtown and uptown. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. And so if you head a bit further out, you'll just save a lot more money and it'll encourage you to explore wider ranges outside the city because it's pretty easy to get locked into the main drag of Young Street and not leave it. And you really should get out there and see like Kensington and Leslieville and Liberty Village and get out to High Park and fight a peacock. <laughs> Fight a peacock? What's that about? Oh, the high park is full of semi-feral peacocks, <laughs> and <laughs> they get mean. Oh. It's also got a huge grove of cherry trees, so cherry blossom viewing is available. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. That'd be so much fun. We only have a few more minutes, but I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the food of Toronto. Are there any special dishes that are unique to the town? Because Toronto's got a little bit of everywhere in it, you can get any style or flavor of food you might want. I don't know if Toronto has a signature dish per se. Okay. If you're coming to Canada, yeah, yeah, you kind of have to get a poutine, but they're on the menu pretty much anywhere you go. If you're looking for the best, Smokes is probably still the top contender. That's a chain, so you'll see those around. Okay. And then uh, like, where are some like the really cool places to eat? Is there any place that you frequent that maybe when people come visit, they really need to stop by and check it out? There's a couple of places I do love a lot. Like I love, I'm a big beer guy. So I love going to the Amsterdam Brew House, which is right on the lake again. If you are just walking along the lake doing all those attractions, you can make that your stop for lunch and a pint. A lot of beer in-house, a lot of one-off brews that you wouldn't see at the store. They make great pizza. They do all their sausage in-house. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's always nice when they have that stuff that they make right there on the spot. And they also shuck oysters right in front of everyone. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you mentioned there's another place called Brewer Sausage Pizza. Oh, yeah. That's the signature dish in Amsterdam. It's oh. the Brewer Sausage. Oh, okay. So that's a really nice sausage made with their brown ale and a bit of fennel and just great cuts of pork. And it's drizzled with smoked gouda and roasted garlic. And, you know, you knock that down with a... Uh, fracture or whatever the adventure of the day is, you're in great luck. Yeah. My wife, when she hears this, she's going to be all about that. (laughs) If you're down for beer and sausage, you can also go over to Verst. Verst? It's on King. Although there's a new second location opening up right in Union Station, which again, makes 18 kinds of sausage all in-house and has 30 beer taps, including a cask and a keg of bourbon (laughs) on the bar. Wow. That sounds pretty dangerous. Oh, yeah. (laughs) like you may remember walking in you may not remember walking out with with that much beer and that much keg bourbon and duck fat fries yeah there you go so what are some of the other places that you like to go eat is there anything else that kind of really sticks out where somebody when they come into town they really just should not miss that there's so many good options like you're going to be tripping over great places to get food like if you're looking for a cheap and easy lunch banh mi boys is just a fantastic roast beef sandwich for $5. Yum. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's a bit of a burrito boom in the city, so you can find people feuding over who has the best burritos, but it's Bang Bang. It's on Bloor near Kennedy. Okay. Yeah. One thing that I know that happens in Canada that doesn't really happen here in the U.S. is that because you have part of the population that speaks French, part of the population that speaks English, so Pretty much everything has to be in both languages. Is that correct? Yeah, everything has to. So all the food is labeled in two languages. Anytime you're engaging with the federal government, all the forms are in two languages. You can walk into a post office and demand to be served in French. (laughs) Have you ever learned how to speak French? Uh, I did 12 years, 12 years straight French immersion. 
Wow. Yeah. So you're pretty fluent then at this point. I'm out of practice, but I, I can get back up to speed quickly. Have you ever used it? Have you gone to, to France or anything like that to put it into practice? Yeah, I spent 10 days in France. Few in Paris, bounced around the southern side, around Nice. It was great times. Fantastic. Scott, really appreciate all the different tips and tricks for Toronto. Uh, but now it's time for the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal in Toronto, where should they go and what should they eat? Actually, you know what? One meal, St. Lawrence Market, get a P-mail bacon sandwich, loads of mustard. What's a P-mail? Yeah, what you call Canadian bacon, we call P-mail bacon because it's rolled in ground up peas on the outside. So you get this really crunch, oh. really crisp feel to it. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting texture. Yeah. And then where should they get that at? In St. Lawrence Market. It's a giant food market on Jarvis Street. Okay. All right. And then, like you said, you've been there for a number of years. What's one of your most memorable stories of Toronto? I bumped into Keith Richards once, <laughs> but I think before the streetcars all switched to the automated voice, which I think they're going to switch to Seth Rogen soon. <laughs> so what? So, okay. So what's the automated voice? So the streetcars have a robot voice that announced the stops. But before that, the driver would have to do that on the mic. And there were a couple of drivers that would sing and like do improv comedy all the way up and down. <laughs> and I did not know this until one day it was pouring buckets. Everything was late. This train was a total sardine can situation. And I finally like lean back against the bar and then the voice comes on the radio and he's just like doing show tunes about Coming up next is Dana. Ba -ba -da -ba -da. <laughs> and then you said that they have like different celebrity voices. Is that what like they kind of rotate through? No. So Seth Rogen, just for funsies, re-recorded all the voices for the Vancouver Transit System, or all the stop okay. names for the <laughs> Vancouver Transit System. And then he said he would volunteer to do it for anyone else. And Toronto said, sure. <laughs> so I think at some point soon, Seth Rogen will be the voice on the subway. That is so much fun. He's such a cool uh, comedian. I mean, the actor. I just I love watching all the different movies with him. Oh, yeah. So speaking of uh, happy times, uh, what's the happiest happy hour in Toronto? It's at Bar Chef. All right. What's so special about Bar Chef? Uh, so Bar Chef is on, oh, God. It's a weird corner. It's in Graffiti Alley is the local name. Okay. It's in between Spadina and Bathurst. It's okay. We'll, we'll have a map for the listeners on the show note page. There will be a map, but it is like full-on cocktail hipsters. So like all the crazy stuff where it's like, oh, we serve this as steam and we have 5,000 kinds of bitters that we all make in-house. Oh, yeah. All the foo-foo stuff that I, I normally don't pay for. Oh, yeah. Like they'll also just make you a really good gimlet. If you ever wanted to drink like an old-timey person, they definitely <laughs> will do that as well. And then, okay. you know, you can also get a cocoa rosemary Manhattan served as steam. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I, I'm not even used to all these like weird concoctions with the drinks. Yeah. All right. And then whenever I travel, I always love to have pizza. Just try to get like the different local flavors. Where's the best pizza in place in Toronto? Best pizza in Toronto. Okay. Famosos is really great. Famosos? Yeah, that's classic ovens, like Neapolitan style. Just not so much sauces, just crushed tomatoes and fresh cheese. Yeah. Like really authentic Neapolitan pizza. So like the nice thin crust with like a little bit of like the burn and the char at the bottom. Oh yeah, just the right amount of char, good crack on the edge. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, hey, Scott, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate all the tips and tricks for Toronto. 
Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? All right. So I'm a podcaster and a video game writer for RPGamer.com. But if I'm going to pimp anything, I do a personal project that is just me and my friends hanging out, talking about movies and TV. It's a podcast called I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside. That's at (laughs) SBOPodcast.com. And it has been running for eight years now. And it's mostly just us having fun. It's my excuse to cut loose and talk to friends. That's uh, all you really need in life, right? Yeah. Just being able to hang out with some friends, enjoying some good food and beverages, and yeah. being able to just kind of shoot the breeze. We're recording this at the end of 2018. What's like your favorite movie for this year so far? Uh, so far, I have not gotten out that much this year, but I'm a huge comic book nerd, and I still think Black Panther still blew my mind. That was something else to see. So cool. Well, hey, again, thanks for being on the show. We're going to have links to everything as far as your site and your podcast on the show notes. If somebody wants to reach out to you on social media or anything like that, what's the best place to reach you? So I'm on Twitter. That's at Foul Sorceress, spelled like a magical duck, not like an unpleasant female mage. So that's F-O-W-L-S-O-R-C-E-R-O-U-S. Right on. And we will link to that in the show notes for sure. You'll be seeing us tagging Scott on social media when we're promoting the episode. It's been great talking to you, learning about Toronto. Have a great day, bud. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Toronto is the capital of Ontario and is right on the shores of Lake Ontario. While visiting, you definitely need to visit the CN Tower and soak up the amazing views of the city and lake. Or you can take a day trip to nearby Niagara Falls and witness the immense power of Mother Nature. Summertime is a wonderful time to visit Toronto and spend some time on the lake or walking along the water's edge. What's your favorite thing you learned about Toronto? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Toronto or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Michael Anderson takes us to the charming seaside town of Ventura, California, where we explore a historic mission and the nearby Channel Islands. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest learning about your favorite boarding area travel bloggers with the Now Boarding Podcast, hosted by Ed Pizza. Each episode features an in-depth interview with one writer to discover their passion for travel and rewards. Let me know what you think.